following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Back for another week of the intentional foul. I have no story or social observation except for the uh, NFL draft magazines that I saw at my neighborhood gas station posted right in front of two nudie magazines. Well, they know their audience. That's what I said. Yeah. I, I noticed that. And I went, well, if the dudes want those, they can get two types of stimulation in the same section. So they knew what they were doing at least. Yeah. I didn't pick anything up. Um, and I don't think I've ever looked at and an edition of Barely Legal. Jesus. I saw that picture and I was just like, that. Who buys that? I don't know. Wow. But I, I mean, because I can remember, okay, story time. I can remember back in the day when you would find at a bookstore before they had the section in the back. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Where they would have a Playboy or a penthouse in the regular magazine rack mm-hmm. and you as a hornball kid. Like going would, to, like running into stop and go. Right. or Yeah. Or if you were there like at a bookstore with your parents, you'd break away and sneak away to the magazine section and just kind of sneak like, ooh, is that, is that Daisy Fuentes on right, the cover? Right, exactly. You know, stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, do you get the balls to like take it down and start flipping through the pages in the middle of the store <laughs> or anything like that? But it's like now, and I just kind of stepped back when I saw the draft magazines and I went, wait a minute. They're in with the with the with the nude mags. Every single one of them is in a plastic bag. Mm, yeah, is is in a, is in a shrink wrapped cover. Yeah, no flipping through. Nope. You want it? You want to <laughs> read it? You buy it. They figured that out. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right, um, we're back with uh, another episode. We've got some NFL stuff. Obviously, we'll uh, lead through. Um, the NBA still in the All Star break. They're going to get back on. Is do they start on Wednesday? They get back on Thursday. I know the Bucks play Thursday, but I think they start Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. okay. College hoops and um, your Brad Davison proclamations, Mister Notre Dameus over there, uh, Notre Dameus. That's uh, that's pretty solid over there. We'll go through some Marquette. We're almost to Selection Sunday. Uh, as well, so there's some bracketology involved and cactus league ball. It's hard to believe there. I think the Brewers after today are six and three. They they won their game. I think they played the Giants. You got another three and a half, four weeks of this stuff to go before opening why, day. Why do you think Braun found every reason he could possibly find the last five years to get out of that oh shit? My God, it yeah. just seems like it's. Well, I mean, it's, it, they could cut it the same way the NFL could cut their preseason from four to two. MLB could probably cut their their games at least. You know, maybe you still want to report when you report, That's what but I, I think a they few pl- less games maybe. They would point to last season, like see all this rush spring training part two thing we had to do and how bad it was for the product. They'll they'd point to that. So, but yes, you're right. But yeah, there'd be nothing that players like more than not playing games and to keep doing live simulated right. drills True. and stuff like that mm-hmm. over the same timeline. So we'll do that, and then uh, we'll wrap up the high school basketball season 
and uh, talk about some awards and some unhappy people. There's a lot of unhappiness going around, it seems like. Um, Everybody finds, I mean, it's it's not hard to find things to bitch about if you want to bitch. No, oh no, I am... I'm endlessly loaded with things to complain about, but that's just me. Uh, one guy who is not complaining is Dak Prescott. You remember when everybody, I think I saw this tweet from Andrew Brandt today, said, remember when everybody thought that he lost all his leverage when he got hurt to sign a multi-year deal? Well, there you go. Remember when Stephen Jones said they're not going to set the market two years ago? Right. And right. then they sat there and let the market set it for him, and now Dak is... Got $160 million over four years. I can't believe there's what, did I see 71 or 74 is tied up in the first year? Yeah. Like, I think 120 plus. It's 126. Guaranteed. Yes. So. And 66 signing, which is the biggest ever uh, as well. And so there you go. You've got your quarterback for at least the foreseeable future. And, you know, this has been such a topic of conversation over the last really year. Um, because it's the Cowboys. You know, if Dak was on the Bengals, this wouldn't be happening. No. Um, but you know, I, I don't. I'm not offended by the money. I don't think it's super nuts. I mean, if if you believe that he can win you a Super Bowl, um, then you can't pay these guys enough, frankly. But I don't know. Um, if you just break it down by the year and the total. It is a $40 million a year average, mm-hmm. which remember a few months ago when we were laughing at that mm-hmm. or even last off season when that's what he said that he wanted. Well, and Mahomes got is getting 45 a year. Um, I don't know. I just think anymore with these quarterbacks, this just is what it is. I mean, if you want to have what most people consider a top 10 quarterback, you're going to have to pay him over 35 a year now it looks like. So it's just that's just the going rate. It's gotten out of control, but you know this is this is kind of what has happened in sports when you change the rules of the game and you put so much emphasis on the offense and especially in football with the quarterback. Well, you have to pay these guys the money because they drive the bus. I asked this of one of my coworkers who is kind of a sports-minded guy. So now that this that. Dak and Mahomes are getting all this money. Are the guys that signed the top two or top three deals just before them who are now in the three to five position? Like Rodgers right. and, uh, and Money Made. Who, who was the one behind, right before him? There was somebody else. Because there's basically one a year. Right. Went Rodgers, Wilson, Mahomes, Dak. I can't remember who was before Rodgers, but yeah. My question is then, how often do these other guys who think that they're better go back to their teams and say, "I needed to rework my deal"? Yeah, I, I mean, know. I mean, we we've seen it occasionally where it's like, "Well, I want you told I told you I wanted to be the highest paid player. You made me the highest paid player, but I'm not right now. You got to go do that again." There's no reason for the team to do that other than to keep the player happy and for fear of a holdout, and I'm, I'm sure that wouldn't happen, but I'm just kind of curious what goes on in the mind of those players when they see this and they get knocked down a spot or two on the totem pole. You know what I mean? Well, I'm sure it bothers them, but it's that's just the way it's set see, up. And that's kind of where I was thinking, like, well, not much I can do about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest question I have about contracts like this is – 
when does the discrepancy between guys in the same locker room become too much? And when does it start bothering the other players? You know, you've got, you know, you're paying, you're paying Dak 40, you're, you're paying Zeke 20, and then everybody else is making three. Like, I don't know how long, how long that works. And then as the quarterbacks now, now it's going to be 44 and then it's going to be 48. Are those bottom is, is the, is the guard and the left end and the safety, are their contracts going to rise at the same increments and levels that the quarterback does? At a commensurate level, sure. Because, like I said, these are the guys that drive the bus. They're going to make the lion's share of the money. But at what point do these guys start going to their union reps going, what the fuck? This guy's making 15 more times than me. And I just wonder what a deal like this, and I guess we're going to see how this plays out with Mahomes and some of these other guys. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, before he restructured his deal to come back, was going to be a $41 million cap hit in a year that the salary cap is going down. Yeah, What's this going to be? I mean, I know it's front-loaded, which is really weird, and I don't know what how the cap numbers differentiate over the course of the next four years for Prescott, but I'm I'm just wondering at what point does that those contracts like and and this year and the year coming up is going to be an enigma just because of the cap going down. It usually never goes down because revenues usually go up. Which also makes the guaranteed seventy four of the first year a little head scratch. That's what I mean. So I'm wondering what the cap number is on that, but it's like do these deals start to outpace what the the team's salary cap can support? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you get to the point where it's like, dude, we can't have you making this much money because it's killing the rest of our team. Well, and that kind of goes to my point. It's like at some point there's going to be a 50 or a 55 or a $60 million. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, let's say Trevor Lawrence pans out. And in five years or four years, whatever that the length is of your rookie deal, he's up for an extension. Why is he going to not get over 50? You know right. what I'm saying? Yes. So it just gets to a point like, are we going to eventually in our lifetime, are we going to see a $100 million a year quarterback? And if we do, like you say, is it going to be a $200 million cap? Right. And now we got to sign 54 other dudes. With only a hundred million dollars to spare, right. like how do you do that? No, I don't. I, I don't know, and I I don't know what the numbers, and we'll get into the franchise tag, and I don't know what that does as well. Like I would love to like sit down and get just get a crash course and some of the stuff, and I'm sure my brain would melt in the process it's because not that it, interesting. I tried to do it with the NBA a few years ago. Tried to understand the CBA. It's just all it's all legalese. Is what right. it is. Shuffling money around. For sure. Where can you put it where it doesn't count, mm-hmm. but the player still gets theirs, and it doesn't. Nobody it understands doesn't. it. That's why all these teams have a capologist, because it's fucking brain surgery. I, 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 I'm just curious That's about why it. It is funny, though, especially in football, because there's so many dudes. Um, Like the average fan that says, so, oh, I'm having since high JJ Watt. It's like, it, it's not that easy. It's just not that easy. No. You know, especially like there's this so year. there's fucking 87 other things that have to happen in order for you to be able to sign player X, you know. So then I guess that begs the obvious question. If you're Dallas, you're clearly investing enough in this guy that you think 
he is good enough and the people that you think you can put around him with the leftover money um, to take you to the Super Bowl. Do you think that's accurate? Do you think that is, do I, is realistic? Do I think that? that's yes. realistic? Um, better, better phrase, yeah. In the NFC, to get you there or win it, I think he could get them there. I think that's probably what anybody wants just yeah, to get there. Because the NFC, all, all the good young quarterbacks are in the AFC. Okay. And if things hold, I mean, the Jets and the Jags have the first two picks. Yes. So, again, you're going to get... Theoretically, unless there's a trade, you're going to get the top two young quarterbacks in this draft going to the AFC. So, yeah, in the NFC, your chances are better. You're in an awful division. Who's the quarterbacks right now in the division in the NFC East are Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Taylor Heineke, and Daniel Jones. You should win that division with your eyes closed. I mean, that's that's like that's like Favre Rogers in the Central dealing with you know the the poo-poo platter that the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings trotted out from, like, 95 yes. to 2015. Collective garbage. Just collective shit. You know, yep. each team, yeah, you had a little Stafford run. Vikings had a little Favre run. The Bears had the one year with Cutler. But for the most part, it's been bad. So Dak's <laughs> going to have that in the NFC East. I can't, I don't know that Washington's going to go out and get anybody. I think the Eagles are going to at least Try give Hurts a shot. Yep. And then Daniel Jones is kind of Okay, so you should be a playoff team year in and year out, and I think we've seen enough the last few years in the NFL that just getting into the tournament is half the battle. For sure. Literally, yep. because if you get in there and you a couple of things go your way, you find yourself in a conference title game, anything can happen. You would think, as you mentioned, looking at the division, this should be Dallas's... To for, lose. For, right. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. Yep. Unless... You know, great strides are made, but I don't know whether whether or not that's well. They got they have to upgrade their defense. Obviously, well, right. they got they've got a money a lot of money invested in their quarterback, their running back, and their linemen. Um, they've got a couple of nice young wide receivers. Uh, they drafted C.D. Lamb last year. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with uh, uh, Cooper, and then the the third wide receiver who. A young guy, his name escapes me at the moment, but so they, they their offense is set. They got to upgrade that defense because uh, you know a shitty defense you can win the NFC East, but you're right. not you're not winning in the playoffs. Is McCarthy the guy to do it? Did he? I mean, well, did they get a new D coordinator? Did they get rid of Nolan? I think so. So you know that's going to be part of it. At the end of the day, it's on Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the general manager, and I mean Dallas is traditionally drafted pretty well, but their free agent signings are usually a disaster because Jerry, like Al Davis before him, just falls in love with he, dudes he likes the names yes. and he likes, you know, certain attributes on guys and he overpays them and yep. it usually doesn't work. No. So I don't know. It, right. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody in Wisconsin is much of a cowboy fan. Oh, uh, hell no. So, if it crashes and burns, I don't think there's going to be a lot of tears shed There up here. will be none, aside from a couple of people that, that I know. Yeah, I mean, there's a few trickling around, but My for the most part. My brother-in-law, a guy I went to college with, they're both diehard Cowboy fans. But other than that, I don't know many people that are big Dallas fans up here no. in, in Cheeseland. Um, not much happening with the Packers. I didn't see, and I know you kind of put this in the notes, I didn't see what Lafleur's comments were 
um, pertaining to Aaron Rodgers. So well, walk me it was, through that. It was just basically they were talking about the title game and that um, you know the the last drive the Packers had where Rodgers basically well not basically Rodgers came out and said after the game I thought we were in four down territory right. and they ended up kicking the field goal mm-hmm. if I remember right yep. um, and Lafleur basically said that you know him and Rodgers weren't communicating well there and. You know, like they need to do better. And I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was. So it's been great all season up until that point, and then there was a breakdown? Yeah, I just thought it was kind of an odd thing to say. I don't understand that. But, hey, you know, you got you got Rodgers throwing his coach under the bus, and now the coach kind of hits back a little bit. I, I You know, I'm sure you're going to have. I don't read into this at all because it's it's generally what people like to do is stir stuff up. I'm sure once things get going again and they whether there is a mini camp or OTAs or whatever it is, I, I think be fine. I, I think whether or not Rogers and Lafleur are are chums is one of the least worrisome problems the Packers have right now. I mean, everybody, everybody seems to think it's problem number one. Yeah, but that's that's dumb. Rogers, even even when Rogers and McCarthy weren't on the same page. Rodgers is still one of the three or four best quarterbacks in football year in right. and year out, so I, that's not a big deal. I saw there was a uh, there was an article I think by Demofsky for ESPN um, talked about Jordan Love and what they need to do for for him going going forward and now the off season because I mean he was inactive I think for every game you know they went with Boyle I think Boyle's a restricted free agent uh, I don't know if anybody's gonna you know make an offer on him that the Packers are gonna want to. Want to re-sign for I'll, a boatload of money? I'll give you the short answer: no. no. So, to me, you thanks Tim Boyle for your time. Mm-hmm. We have this guy we need to put on the second team because he needs the snap. As Vince McMahon would say to someone that he fired, "Best of luck in your future endeavors." Yes, yeah, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. No hard feelings. We we drafted this guy to be our franchise dude. We got to get him some playing time. You've been in the way. We need to push you aside. That's all it is. That's all it is. He's got to take the reps when Rodgers is not. He's going to be playing all the preseason games, you know, whether there's two of them or three of them or four of them. He's he's got to be the backup. You got to get him ready. He's got to be hip to hip with Rodgers on on the practice field all the time. Is is he a guy and I don't know enough about him as a player. Is he a guy that they could try to find ways to get into the game this year? Oh, a multi-use dude. Well, and um, I'm not saying like you're going to split him out at receiver, but are there, you know, are there certain things they could do with him where maybe you sub Rogers out for a play, which you know he's going to just yeah. hate with every fiber of his being if you do that. But you know, maybe you know, is he is does he did he do any of the read option stuff in college? Do you know? I don't know much about what Utah State did. Um, I know that he is more mobile. He can make throws on the run. They seem to like that. He's definitely not a sit-back-in-the-pocket-and-don't-move kind of guy uh, and, you know, go through your reads there. So um, I don't know if they would, you know, maybe try some bootlegs and just get him to run out in space, you know, if they if they need more options on a particular play. That I don't know. I'd be, I very, just, I'd but, be very curious. But short of that, short of that or Rodgers getting... He's a not substantial playing. injury. He's not going to see the field again. Correct. No. That's where that, and that's again. That's where that pick is so head scratching. And I know the Packers don't care about what the public thinks. 
you know, nationally or even locally, really. They don't really necessarily care what people think about that pick. They've got their plan in their head of, you know, Roger sat for three years. This kid can sit for three years. It worked out before. It can work out again. I think that's highly unlikely. Just the law of averages that you just keep churning out Hall of Fame quarterbacks one after the other every 15 years is kind of a hard, you know, that'd be a hard sell in Vegas. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's a weird spot for them to be as a franchise, I think, because you got to know there's people in that franchise in the front office that are that want to push him in there right now. Oh, for sure. And then there are the Rogers loyal, loyalists that are going, "What are you talking about? Guy won the MVP." Right. Why are we so quick to get this other kid snapped? Yeah. I mean, I think if if Goody has a checklist in his drawer that he looks at every day that he's got to knock off during the offseason. I I mean, I think that's probably pretty low on there considering what they've got to do. They didn't franchise tag Aaron Jones today. You know, they said that they were trying to work on or, a long-term deal. Or Lindsley. Deer, or Lindsley. So they're probably both gone. Although and, they did say that it was reported that they're they're trying to work on something with Jones, Jones. But like you have said, but he already turned down four-year $40 million. And now he's got Drew Rosenhaus. But you've got this flood of talent that is being released from all these teams, and teams are going to be short on money. So if you're a free agent, are you really thinking that this is the year you are going to, even after a career year that Jones had, that you're thinking that I'm going to cash in? Yeah, I don't know. Is somebody going to have the cap space and the wherewithal and the need at running back to say we need to go get that guy and pay him a boatload of money so nobody else does. I don't know that that's the case. This seems like one of those situations where Green Bay lets a dude just feel the waters out, doesn't like what they do. I'm pretty happy in Green Bay. I'll resign here, and it's not as much as you would think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's possible. What, right. It's possible. Just because you can't, I mean, even though you might demand big money in any other year, this might not be the year that you're going to get it. So you sign a one or a two year deal, and maybe when the revenue kicks back up, you hit the you hit the market again, or they sign you to a long term lucrative deal. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting because you know you think of a guy like when the Brewers signed Grandal, right? You know, you, it was kind of a kind of a not not I don't want to say a prove it contract, but um, it was that one year. It was that one plus one with the option, yep. and then he ends up leaving. I don't know that football players are going to be willing to sign something like that. Where you know, you know, is Aaron Jones going to take a one-year, eighteen million dollar deal from the Ravens? I, I I don't I don't know that football players are want to do that because that's essentially the franchise tag, right? And they all seem to hate that, yes. except for Kirk Cousins, who figured out <laughs> I can make a ass load of money if I just keep signing this thing, and nobody else has been smart enough to figure this out. But no, they want stability, long term mm-hmm. stability, and that's not what you know. These Football players are obsessed with that. Yes, they they want years mm-hmm. instead of dollars. Um, I mean, they want the dollars. They want, they want as well. Well, and that's the thing too. Sometimes you got to remember the football. It's the guaranteed dollars Correct. are the only dollars that yes. matter. Yeah. Where in the other two major sports, the money's already guaranteed. So again, the Packers don't use the franchise tag. They continue to be, I think. The only one, the only team of the that decade. has never used it since its inception. Well, they somebody I thought I heard today somebody said they used it on Pickett. 
They've never used it. Th- that might have been the transition. Okay. Tag, okay. Which I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know, you don't have to in this period, and I think people don't maybe realize this. When you apply the franchise tag, you now have that window until I think the year starts or some sort of day, weeks, or months down the road to negotiate a long-term contract. And if you can't come to terms, then you're stuck with that price tag. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just because you franchise somebody doesn't mean it's the one year, that's the money you're getting. You still have that window to negotiate a deal to wipe that off the table. Sure, You can't go back and put it on anybody, but you have to use it by a certain time today, and they didn't do that. So now we're, you know, it's free agency for Jones, Lindsley, and everybody else. That was not re-signed. Bears used it on Allen Robinson. Are you kind of surprised? <sighs> not really, um, and I'm okay with it too. Uh, he's a, he's a nice player. Uh, they they definitely need a number one guy, and he's been that for them the last couple years. You know, and I I think that maybe the thinking is what you just touched on with him. They've been kind of they've exchanged numbers, and yeah. it hasn't gone particularly well. So maybe this gives them a couple more months to try to get. A cup, you know, a two or a three year deal done with him. I don't think it's going to be any longer than that. Uh, I just don't know that it makes sense to give um, wide receivers that aren't top two or three guys those kind of deals, just because there's so many of them out there. Uh, but I, I'm I'm good with it. I like Allen Robinson. Um, I'm I'm sure he's curious as to who's going to be throwing him the pill. Well, I mean, they the Bears continue to, you know get mentioned in the Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson trade possibilities. I mean, is that, are you still, well, I, what, what are you reading or hearing from, from Bears people on that stuff? Well, I think it was Schefter that said the Bears are the most desperate team this year to get a quarterback. And the main reason is is because of Nagy and Pace. And really their jobs are on the line here. For sure. They, 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 have, to, they have to get somebody. Yep. Um, I've heard they've been sniffing around Darnold pretty hard, and uh, obviously, you know Wilson and and Watson. There's they've been rumored to for you know since those guys put themselves out on the block. You know the the caveat being is they don't really have the capital to go get those guys. Right. So you know something creative would have to happen. Um, you know, I, I think it was, I think it was Shepard. One of those NFL guys was saying that that's one of those situations where you never like to do this as a team. Um, but you almost have to call Seattle, you know, let's just use Seattle and say, look at our roster. What do you want? What's it going to take? Right. You know, you want David Montgomery done. You want Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller. You want Eddie Jackson done. You want Khalil Max big contract done. You want, you want. <laughs> Two first round picks down the road, fine. Um, and that's a little scary as a Bear fan. I don't really care about the players because there's nobody on the Bears short of Khalil Mack that if they traded him, I'd be really upset. Right. Um, I like Kyle Fuller. I like Montgomery, but re- replaceable guys, good players, but replaceable guys. Um, it's it's giving up picks down the road from by a guy that very well might not be there. Right. That that always scares you a little bit. But I think if they have the opportunity to go get one of these guys, I think they have to go all in. Like Wilbon said, he immediately becomes the best quarterback the franchise has ever had. Whichever one, Watson one or Wilson. Absolutely. Immediately becomes the greatest quarterback they've ever had. Um, 
you know, I think Wilson's 32, so you figure he's got a good five years left. If he takes care of himself and doesn't get yep. injured, then I don't see why not. And I think Watson's 26, so, I mean, obviously, if you get him, you I, he's just signed that extension, so mm-hmm. you've got him for a while, and he's still young where, you know, it might be a couple contracts for him. So, you know, I, I, I just... I would just say if you got an opportunity to go get one of those guys, you got to do it. I just think you got to do it if you're the Bears. You're a historic franchise in a big market. The league wants you to be good. Right. The, the networks like when you're good. When you and the Packers are good and competitive and having good games, Prime time. Those are those are big time yes. eyeball games. Yes. So it pays. It's good for everybody Everybody. in the league when teams like the Bears and the Giants and the Raiders are good and the Packers, but um, you can't be scared to pull the trigger. And uh, if they got the opportunity, you got to go all in. It'd be nice if uh, somebody in Green Bay would go to that level for somebody. It would be kind of fun, though, if, like, the next three years, twice a season, you got to see Rodgers-Watson. Or, oh, yeah. or, or, I mean, we've seen Rodgers Wilson, Wilson over the yes. years, but like, they're still good games. Mm-hmm. They're, they're big time guys. You know, that, you know, Rodgers Cutler, Rodgers Chase Daniel, Rodgers <laughs> Trubisky Cousins. doesn't really have no. the ring nope. to it that the other ones no, do. No, not so. really. Um, what is Kyle Long coming back? I guess he announced today he's going to try to make a comeback. I think he's 32 or 33. Does he have a number of new body parts that we don't know about? I don't know. I don't know. He will not be on the Bears. Uh, that's that I guarantee. Somebody will take a flyer that, on him. That was that ended really badly, and he basically. I remember I follow him on Twitter, and I remember he did a Q and A a couple of months ago, and somebody asked him about coming back to the Bears, and he's like, "As long as that current regime is there, I will not be there." Wow! So I don't know if he was referring to Pace or Nagy or both, but yeah, that's, it that's it, big, it didn't end well. Big time indictment. Well, you there. know, and I mean, I get it. He was hurt a lot at the end there, but you know. You shatter your ankle as a lineman. I mean, it's not your fault. Somebody probably fell on you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you get mad at that. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the math on that. I think that I think a couple of years ago he got into. I think it was Nagy's first year. He got into a really nasty preseason fight, and I believe he right. swung a helmet at somebody, and they suspended him, and he had to apologize. And I think, I think that was like where the new regime was like, get this fucking guy out of here. We don't need this. I don't care who his dad is. I don't care who his brother is. Interesting. We don't need that here. Okay. Because Kyle Long was a good player, but he yeah. had a little bit of a reputation for being kind of a hothead. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I would, I'd would. i like to see him get another shot. I don't think it'll happen. I think he's just nope. too banged up. Um, you don't think somebody will? I mean, he might get an opportunity to come to camp, but I think it would be hard for him to make a team, I also especially think at that age. It's up to him what money he would be looking for. For sure. And he has always the the right of refusal, but if somebody wants to say, we'll give you the opportunity, and if you make the roster, we'll give you a big signing bonus, but right now you're on the veteran minimum. Yeah. You know? I think that, and he made a lot of money with the Bears, so you would think he'd be okay with that. All right, you got any other NFL that's it. I can't believe we got a half hour out of four things, but... (laughs) All right, so the All-Star break is happening. Um, the Bucks went in. We kind of went over that. They were third in the East, and they're back at it with uh, the Knicks on Thursday, and then they got a double dip with, with the Wizards home and uh, home, and home uh, which is interesting. And then uh, I watched probably about the first 
four or five minutes of the All-Star game that included a a left-wing banked Giannis three ball. And I just started laughing. That's about three and a half more minutes than I watched. I watched about 30 seconds of it. <laughs> I, but, I, All-Star games are just, I, they're not my thing. Yeah. I mean, it's you could tell they were just out there to have fun and just the swiping at the ball as guys go by. You know, I mean, the de- I'm not expecting you to try to play lockdown defense, but it's really embarrassing the the stuff well, that is out there. It's just the problem is is people have tried to make too big of a deal out of it. It's for kids. It's the world's greatest pickup game. That's right. it. That's what it is. Yep. Um, you know, people don't really. I, I mean, do do you want to see Chris Paul guarding Damian Lillard full court? Like does that do like does that do anything for you? Like no. so like the people that rag about the lack of defense, I think there could be a little bit less of the screwing around that they do. Take yeah. it, you know, a, make it a little more serious. I mean, sometimes on NBA TV they'll run old All Star games during All Star weekend, and you know they had some from like the late eighties, early nineties on, and like those guys were by no means killing themselves, but they were actually. You know, they were playing, and then once you got to the fourth quarter, then they were really playing because right. there was money on the line, and back then people cared about the money. Now these guys make so much money, the money on the line doesn't even really matter. Now it's basically become whose charity is going to get the money. The winning team gets more than the losing team, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what – which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know that that affects how hard these guys are playing. I thought it was interesting that he set a record. Well, first of all, he finished 100% from the floor. 16 for 16, 3 for 3, three for three, 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 three. 3, yeah. And the old record was somebody I had never heard of, and I read it in the article, was set back in like 1968, and that guy finished 8 for 8. Yeah. So he doubled that output in, well, in the All-Star game and set a record that had been standing for you know more than 40 years. And as it's just... More than 50 years. As it's just gone this year for Giannis, and and I knew this was coming. I think we talked about it last year. Giannis has got two MVPs but hasn't got to the finals yet, so people are kind of tired of him because I heard several people in the last couple days say that um, he, yeah, he went 16 for 16, but it was really boring. Like, yeah, he had some dunks, and he banked in a three and stuff, but, like, you know, Steph and Damian, Damian Lillard both had 30, and they were shooting from, like, half court, and that's more exciting. So Giannis is just kind of on people's, you know, for lack of a better term, their shit list right now where people don't really want to hear from or about Giannis. Like, talk to me about Giannis in round two of the playoffs. That's, I think, the position most people are taking. Are you okay right with now. that? Or, or? I, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I think in the long run, I think this Bucks team just being able to go about their business this year, I think is going to help them. That's the way usually any team that I want uh, or support, I, that's the way I want them to fly. Well, two years ago, they were kind of this new thing. Giannis explodes onto the scene, wins the first MVP. The Bucks are the best team in the league, and they're kind of a, a feel-good story. Um, you know, LeBron... Went to L.A. and didn't even make the playoffs. All the Golden State guys were doing their thing. Kawhi was in Toronto. So everybody was kind of rooting for the Bucks, And they did what they did. And then last year they had the great season again, and people were like, oh, maybe this is the year now. And then they melt. Higher expectations. Yes. And then they melt down. Mm -hmm. So I think this year kind of just flying under the radar, 
you know, you're gonna be, they're going to be a top three seed minimum. I think they really need to get the two spot just mat, for matchup purposes. I think that would be very beneficial for them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I still think they're they're a Eastern Conference Finals at best, losing to the Nets team, and that's fine. I can deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, trade deadlines coming up. You said you were you were curious uh, last week or a week before about whether they make a move because um, you just need a little more firepower. Yeah, and I think they will make a move, and it, and it's not going to be anything big, earth shattering. I think it could be a uh, a DJ Wilson and and something else, maybe like a second round pick for you know one of the guys that the Bucks have been heavily rumored is PJ Tucker on Houston. Um, he's in the last year of his deal. He's 35 years old, but he's a he's one of the best defensive wing guys in the league, and he can make threes. And that's yeah. kind of what you you know as a bench guy. That's kind of what you're looking for. So I think something like that, like a couple years ago, remember when they got Miritich? Yeah, that kind of a move. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be. They're not going to go out and get a guy that's going to start. It's going to be an right. ancillary piece that you bring in to kind of fill a need okay. on that bench. So okay. Um, did you watch? Okay, so you didn't watch into the All Star game. Did you watch any of the skills I, stuff? I caught the finals of the skills and how upset uh, Dwayne Wade. Well, no, how upset? Like I think it was uh, Kenny Smith was that the two guys in the finals were centers of the skills competition and they beat <laughs> all the guards. And uh, I didn't see any of the dunk contest because I I only knew one of the guys in it. Okay, I was going to ask you that because I saw the names and again I don't pay attention to some of the other guys on the teams that aren't big names. I mean, you asked me to name a guy on the Spurs last week, and I came up with <laughs> did, yeah. with, with the but that but that was it. That was one guy. But it always seems like when I see or hear the guys that are competing in some of these competitions, the dunk contest especially, I don't know who anybody is. Well, they tried to turn it into the it's the young guys competition, and that's to make I, a name for themselves. I think that's or fine. They, their bodies aren't worn out, well, or the, the, what? Uh, Problem is, like, they had one kid in there that's on the Pacers. Like, he hasn't even played. He didn't even have a dunk this year yet, and he's in the dunk contest. And obviously he's got great <laughs> leaping skills For and sure. stuff, but it's like, why am I watching him? Why do I care about Anthony Simons, who's, like, the fucking ninth guy on Portland? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, like I really like what they did with the three-point. All six dudes in the three-point contest were all-stars. I think that's what they should have done this year with the dunk contest. But I heard Ryan Rosillo talking about this on his podcast, and I 100% agree with him. It's just not very cool to be in those. And that the guards not doing well in the skills competition, losing to these centers. Well, that's because they're not trying hard. Right. It's, it's simple as that. Like Chris Paul can dribble through cones twice as fast as Nikola Vucevic because he's nine inches shorter. <laughs> it's just easier to do. But right. like these guys are trotting along and they don't want to. They don't. It's like it's like when we were in school as kids. Like it was cool to be dumb, not necessarily do your homework. Like right. did you do your homework? Yeah, I did it. Oh, whatever, nerd. Yeah, schoolboy. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of how it is with this these skills and the dunk thing, where it's like, oh, you're doing that. <laughs> Okay. See, no, I would have thought that it would be the other way around because of how prevalent three-point plays, three-point shooting is. So it's like, well, if everybody can shoot threes and we're going to have a three-point shooting contest, 
do you really need to know who's the best, even though you're seeing it half the trips up and down the floor in an NBA game? I'd almost rather think the dunk contest would be a more, you know, feature of athleticism and creativity in as an ancillary part of the game where it's like, I've seen Steph Curry. I've, I've seen these highlights. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now you're, he, I mean, he's just going to go around the perimeter and do the same thing that I've been watching him do. It's like home run derby. It, it's, it's, you know, and the thing with the dunk contest and LeBron's a prime example because he never did it. Uh, they're scared to lose. These guys are scared to lose. And that's what makes the old ones with Dominique and Michael Jordan and Spud Dr. Webb. J and these guys like yep. those guys. Yeah, they wanted to win. But if they got beat, they got beat. It was a fucking dunk contest. Who cares? You know, these other guys, they're, they're also concerned about their brand and they An don't want to harm yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, it's like if LeBron lost a dunk contest, people would talk shit to him on Twitter till the end of time about it. He just doesn't want to deal with it. So, um, but at the, at the end of the day, it's for kids. Um, you know, I did enjoy watching Steph Curry in his last round of the three-point contest. I mean, watching that guy shoot is just unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, the All-Star game in the weekend is what it is. It's supposed to be fun. For the most part, it is. And uh, time to get back to the real stuff. Uh, speaking of real stuff, uh, is Blake Griffin going to make a, dif- uh, a difference on the Nets? Is that going to give them a boost at all? Um, or is he pretty much done? I think it... I don't think it's going to help him a ton. Okay. I think that, you know, especially in the playoffs matchup-wise, I think there's certain teams it's going to be hard to play him. Um, I mean, Blake Griffin was a great player, and he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, and he was on some really good Clipper teams, and and he's a guy that did go in the dunk contest and do some cool stuff and and all that. But over a car? Yeah. The dude's just broken down. Right. I mean, he's had, that I he's knew. had several surgeries. His knees are shot. He doesn't have any spring left. He, you know, if you look at his numbers, it's a lot of long twos, not getting to the free throw line. Rebounding numbers are down. So, and he's not a defensive guy because he's only like six eight. It's not like he's a monster. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's, you know, he could have a moment. But I don't think you're going to throw him out there with Durant, Irving, and Harden, and DeAndre Jordan and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe these guys are on the same team. Okay. Um, another note I did see today, Ursan signing with Utah. Really? So the best team in the NBA Gets better. can use Ursan, but apparently the, the Bucks, Bucks wanted yeah. DJ Wilson instead. So, yeah. How's that feel? <laughs> Not great, it sounds like. Well, I mean, Ursan was kind of unplayable for the Bucks in the playoffs last year, so I think that that bought into it. But okay. I, I'm happy for for Urs to get one more crack in the league. I think this will be his last run. Okay, and then uh, he'll be uh, able to. He lives in Milwaukee uh, year round. He married a girl from Milwaukee, so he can sit by the lake and count his money the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the uh, that's the NBA scoop. Let's go to college basketball. Oh the man. Regular season is mercifully done for the Badgers as they really struggle down the stretch. They lost two games to ranked opponents. Three um, in a row. Three yes. to end the season. I, oh, I was just going to say last week. Yeah. Um, they, lost to, uh, they lost to Purdue, and then they lost to Iowa at the end of, uh, at the, end of the whole thing. And then that, the game against the Hawkeyes, hmm. um, you were talking and engaging with some people on Twitter, and you were putting aside your Brad Davison 
uh, dislike and talking about, you know, refereeing. And it's some of the stuff that we've, I mean, we've beaten this to death Mm -hmm. about refereeing and stuff like that. Um, But I, I think you brought up a good point. Was it last week or the week before when you talk about Davison? is that you pointed out that the Badgers have a Brad Davison problem. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, I mean, you, let, you you basically spilled out last week almost what was going to happen this week and why it was going to happen. And it did. Mm-hmm. Because they wait until the end to watch him to see if he does something wrong, and it seemed like he was under a microscope. And I don't know anything whether it was the guy that that called the foul Apparently, Badger Twitter guys that cover the team hate Bo Borowski. And I don't know anything about him, but it seems to be a trend that he's a really bad official. I think they're 0-9 when he refs. <laughs> but that's that's that, that's just right. one of those things. That, yes. that doesn't have anything to do with it. But if you watch his body of work, apparently it's terrible. That um, That's fair. That's fair. Um, but so Davison is called for a hook and hold. With what, like well, thirty seconds to go? Let's let's back it oh, up okay. because Badgers are up. They're either up two or they're tied. I can't remember. Iowa has the ball. Jordan Bohannon comes off a ball screen, and they whistle Trice for a foul. It's his fifth foul. Fouls him out of the game. It was the exact same play, an exact same call that we saw go against Parker against DeForest. In, De, in the DeForest game, where the guy is trailing the ball handler, coming off of a ball screen on the high side, and the referee just calls it a foul um, in a play that is run a hundred times a game, and they're not calling all game. For whatever reason, at the end, they decide they're going to call that. So Bohannon gets his three free throws, makes them all, and... Um, Trice is out of the game. I think it's the very next possession. The Badgers try to run their play. Davidson cuts down the lane. Pass is thrown to him. And the Iowa guy kind of gets his arm underneath of Davidson's. And they call a foul on the Iowa kid. So Davidson's going to go shoot two free throws. Well, I'm assuming the Iowa bench is screaming that the referees need to look at this. This is a hook and hole. Right. So the referees do. Takes way too long. They end up calling the hook and hold on Davison. Now, that is an absolutely atrocious call. If Brad Davidson, in two-tenths of a second, is quick enough mentally and physically (laughs) to make that play and hook a guy while he's cutting down the lane, while he's trying to catch the ball, then he's the greatest athlete I've ever seen. But he didn't do that. The reputation of him and the opposing team screaming that he did it, they that got the call. Um, it's unfortunate the Badgers had a couple calls go against them. That happens. Unfortunately, it it because it's a flagrant, Brad Davidson gets his two free throws and makes them, but Iowa also gets two, and, and the they ball. make them, and they get the ball. Then on the inbound, they can't get the ball out, and it goes off of, I think it was Ford, but it actually went off of the Iowa kid behind him. But they called it Iowa ball, so they go to the monitor again, 
And it, if you watch the replay, you can clearly see it hits Ford, and then it hits the Iowa kid because you can see his fingers, fingers move. move. They give the ball back to Iowa. And so, make a long story short, the Badgers lose. Matt LePay, I saw him tweet, the last 60 seconds of that game took 19 minutes. Yeah. That's a joke. Um, I, I don't understand who thinks this is good. Like, who... If if somebody that listens to our show thinks that that's a good way to end a basketball game, please explain to me why. I I, I don't understand the logic there. Um, and not only you know the 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 we just want to get it right, right, people, but you didn't get it right. You got it wrong anyway, twice. Yeah, so I, it's kind of inexplicable. And I don't give a shit who wins that game. I got no dog in this fight. I just I was watching the game. Want, I, I you, wanted it. It was wanna, a good game. You want to watch good basketball? I wanted to see how it ended. Yeah. I, I'm sitting there going, God, the Badgers might win this game. This is a huge win for them if they can pull this off. And then that whole debacle happens at the end. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and as Matt LePay said yesterday, I heard him on Mike Heller's show. He said, until the people in the rules community, committee care, and they don't, this isn't going to change. Um, guards' reaction after the game. Well, hold on. Back up. Yeah. Which part is not going to change? The replay or because I had to do some research on where this hook and hold came from mm-hmm. because it seemed to have been more prevalent in the last few years and they only they only came up with this thing I think in 2017 2018 something like that and it's basically all in the name of safety. Yes, and as I've said to you many times, can somebody point to me where were all these shoulder injuries because guys were hooking underneath the basket? I don't remember ever seeing one. Ever. Not in college. I think I saw Kevin. I think it happened to Kevin Love a couple years ago in the playoffs. He had a separated shoulder because of it. I've never seen a kid get hurt in college doing that. This, and why is it a college rule and it's not a high school rule? This seems like, and I, I don't know if it's apples to oranges, but it seems like when they institute something that they continuously get or interpret wrong, seems like the targeting rule in college football. That nobody can get right. What? Like, like, on the surface, you say, that guy led with his head, he should be out, but then on further replay, oh, never mind, we got that wrong. You know, and now you go to the, well, that's a hook and hold, or blah, 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 and then the replay show, well, it's not really. Yeah, it is flagrant foul, that's right. So, I mean, we're we're coming up with these things that now we need to interpret every time out and flip a coin as to whether they're going to get it right or not. Yeah. It, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, everybody nationally now is talking about free speech yeah. and, and how everybody has completely fucking misinterpreted the free speech in the in the Constitution that was written 300 years ago where it's like, I can walk up to you on the street and scream in your ear, you can't do anything because if you touch me, it's assault, right. and I can do that under the freedom of speech. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not what this that's is intended not, for. It's the not. same thing with the hook and hold. Right. It's like, oh, yes, you don't want big dudes yanking each other down. That's right. You don't want that kind of contact because guys get in awkward body positions going up for shots and rebounds. Totally get that. But some of this shit that they're calling the hook and hold on, it's like away from the basket Guys are moving like it, it just it's a complete misinterpretation of the rules 
and that led to Greg Gard going off. He did after the game, which I don't blame him, but I did find it to be very funny and kind of self-serving at the same time. Part of it is your job; you kind of have to, you know. But on the other end, you've kind of allowed it to get to this point. You know what I mean? Because well, pe- yeah, and people were calling for him a year or two ago to sit Davison down for sure. But you know, some of the things, some of the complaints are fair. You know, ESPN put up a graphic in the last game against Iowa. Somebody went on Brad Davison's Wikipedia page, which why Brad Davison has a Wikipedia page is another story for another day. But they went on there and basically said he has one to two dirty plays a game. They put it in his bio, and ESPN put that up on the screen. And the Badger people were, I guess, rightfully upset about that. You know, um, So I understand that. I understand you think that he's being targeted. I get that. Some of it's warranted, though, because he has a prior history. Right. And your program has a history of, now, I'm not saying being dirty, but the Badgers always have a guy. They always have a guy that everybody else fucking hates. <laughs> it's Davison. It's Gasser. It's Krabinoft. It's Bruzewitz. It's Butch. They always have a guy who is like a fuck. He's an antagonizer, and he's and he plays rough, and he gets away with it. And that's just that's who that's part of the fabric of the Badger program. And it goes back to Dick Bennett, and then Bo Ryan carried it forward of that kind of tough guy deal. But when you're playing against it, you don't like it. And, you know, Guard talked about how the other team's benches now are telling the referees to go look at the monitor, and they're targeting Davison. And it's like, yeah, because they don't like him. You know, they don't like him. The other players don't like him. The other coaches probably don't like him. And it's an opportunity to get a leg up on you guys. But I guess my question, and I don't honestly care uh, whether the Badger basketball team is really good, just good, or te- or average or terrible. Of course I want them to succeed. But I guess stepping outside of this whole thing, part of me then wonders about the coach or the players because if they're getting roped into this whole scenario and they go back and they see some of these plays, Davison coming off a screen and going by with a little shot to the nuts – or some of this stuff, like you mentioned last week, getting up under a shooter so that you know there might be an ankle turn or some possible um, cause to injure a player, you know, stuff like that, or or these hook and holds or these charges that are, you know, either more of acting or whatever. If this is causing some of this behavior, and now it's a detriment to their on-court successes in key points in games, should some of the blame be on the other players or the coaches to go to him and be like, dude, this is the stuff that has now snowballed and we are on an unfair, possibly, receiving end of this. You got to knock this shit off. None of us are doing this stuff. I know that, and or is it just the part of the way he plays, and that's what you got to deal with? Well, I think 
I think the horse is already out of the barn on oh, no, that. No, no. I, I, I think mean, if that was going to happen, that needed to happen by his okay. teammates two years so ago. So then, don't do. Do we hold some of those guys or guard kind well, of? I don't know what you're. Like, I don't know what. I don't know as a teammate. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Um, and I think the Badgers as a program, and Guard even said it in his rant, they label it as playing hard. Um, you know, when Grayson Allen was tripping people, initially Shashevsky labeled it as playing hard. And, you know, Guard throws out how wonderful of a person he is, and he's a great kid. Like, spare me that stuff. Find me the coach that, that does an interview about a kid and says, yeah, he's a great player. That's a guy. Yeah. Like that just that, that right. clip doesn't exist. These right. guys are always going to praise their players, and you know it was a little self-serving for for guard in two respects. Um, it it shows potential recruits. I stick up for my guys, and a recruit coming in next year, Chucky Hepburn, Hepburn yep. his mother. Oh yeah, I took saw notice that. Yes. of it. Yep. So that obviously impressed her. Mm-hmm. So it worked on that account. The other thing that it was self-serving for is nobody's talking about the fact that you lost your last three. You went 10 and 10 in the big 10. You were the defending champion with everybody back from last year and you can't beat a good team. Nobody's talking about that right now. They're only talking about how you got jobbed last, last game, which you probably did. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a results oriented business and like you say, some of this Davidson stuff does have to fall on the coaching staff. You brought him in, you indoctrinated him into your system, and you allowed him to get away with it until you couldn't allow it to get away with it anymore, and then you kind of covered for him. You, I've never heard guards say, that's unacceptable, we can't have that happen. That's what I mean. I've never heard that. That's basically what I Maybe just he has, and I missed it, but yeah. I have never heard that. Right. So, you know... Obviously, you know, you've got two weeks left to Brad Davison, so, you know, he's going to be gone. Trice is going to be gone. You're, you're trying to get, you know, the guys that are coming back and the new guys, you want them to see that you support them. But um, I don't know, man. He, he, Brad Davison, has really hurt this team this year, both with his play kind right. of regressing. Yep. And then you have to deal, unfortunately, for the Badgers and their fans, you have to deal with his reputation and all that comes with it. So Wisconsin will play Thursday night at the Big Ten Tournament. They'll get the winner of Penn State and Nebraska. Uh, that'll be on Wednesday. I, I asked Wargle last Friday, our, our Badger beat guy that we talked to, um, is it going to be good for Wisconsin to – because, I mean, Potter pointed this out after the game, or maybe it was Reavers, I can't remember – the teams that are above them in the Big Ten, they're 0-7 against them. The Big Ten we talked about last week is good this year for the top half. It is, yes. I mean, mean, it's very... The top four or five teams are are very good. They're they're as top-heavy in that league as they've been in a very long time. So is it just going to be a little bit better for them when they get away from that into the tournament when they play... Some of these teams that they've they've never seen. I mean, you know, people would look at them. Well, they're really down and whatever, and maybe they'll count them out in their first or second game. But maybe some of this has done them some good, and maybe they might be underestimating them. Well, no matter how the last couple of weeks have gone, it's it's. I think that that's very possible because it's it's one of the main reasons why I hate these super conferences now. When Marquette was in the old Big East before like Syracuse and all those teams left and went to the ACC and they split, 
Yeah, they they had like an 18-20 game regular season. The Big Ten now has a 20-game regular season. Like, you're not seeing anybody else out of your league, like, basically since Christmas. Right. So it becomes such a meat grinder mentally and physically. I mean, you know, we we even see it at the high school level. I dealt with it playing in the WEAC. Like, you see the coaches and the players, and it's the same guys all the time, and everybody knows everybody's stuff, and everybody knows everybody's moves, and it just becomes, you know, a meat grinder, for lack of, like I said. And, you know, it's nice to get out and finally play somebody different. But now you get done with this whole schedule, and then you got to see everybody else again in the tournament. Right. Before you get to the tournament where everybody's new. I... I I think the Badgers are going to win a couple games in one of the two tournaments. I don't know which one. If they win Thursday night, they get Iowa. Yeah, and I think they can beat Iowa. Okay. I think they proved that the other day that um, if, if they're making shots and they can control the tempo a little bit, they can beat Iowa. I don't think they can beat Michigan. Uh, I don't think they can beat Illinois. Um, Ohio State, yeah, maybe. Iowa, I think they can beat them, but... I think um, I think they're going to make a little noise in one of these two tournaments. I, I don't. Okay. I, I just think because once you get into these bracket situations, weird shit happens. So you look, you know, you look at the bracket and you go, "Oh, if they win, if they win this game and they beat Iowa, then they got to play Illinois." But in the meantime, Illinois gets beat by Northwestern. <laughs> right. Now all of a sudden you're playing Northwestern, and then before you know it, you're playing Sunday afternoon in the title game. So things, weird things, can happen when you right. get into these little tournaments. Um, what's uh, what do you think the the, the uh the conference accolades type of stuff is going to be. Well, Garza got a player of the year. He did, okay. Yep. And uh, Iowa announced after the game well, on Sunday. Put his jersey up, up gonna, there, yeah. Yep. And uh, Trice was the only Badger to get anything. He was third team, both the media and, and the coaches. The coaches, wow. So. Okay. Um, and the latest bracketology for Wisconsin has them as a seven seed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, it took it took what? Eleven losses in three or three plus months to finally get the Badgers out of the top twenty-five. Correct. Yep. So you know they they, I, they started at six and they peaked at four. Yeah, I think if they win, if they beat Iowa, I think they're a six seed. If they got all the way to the Big Ten title, maybe you sneak into a five. But I think they're probably going to end up on that six line because I think people are going to factor in how how tough the Big Ten Big was. Ten is all right. Um, Marquette, did you watch any of their last uh, regular season game against Xavier? I didn't Xavier? get to catch much. Okay. Um, you know, they finished the regular season 13-13, and 8-11 in the conference, ninth in the Big East. You know, um, not the season that I was hoping for, but on the positive side, they won five of their last six. Um, the last couple years under Wojo, they have done the opposite, and they've completely melted down at the end of the year. So nice to see that trend maybe going in the other direction. Um, obviously, they're not a tournament team. They would have to win the Big East title um, or or at the very, very least get to the championship game. But even so, I still think they'd have to win the title to get into the tournament. Um, they got Georgetown Wednesday afternoon. If they win that game, I believe they would play Creighton. Okay. Um, a team that they have beat this year and that they only lost to in the second time by a basket or two. And the Big East is a little bit open right now. You got a lot of stuff going on at Creighton with this Greg McDermott thing, with him getting suspended for for saying something that apparently <laughs> is offensive. Apparently now certain cultures have monopolies on certain words. Um, 
Villanova lost their point guard for the year. Connor Gillespie tore his, tore his knee up, and then like one of their other best players got hurt the other day, and they ended up losing, I believe, to Butler, who's terrible. Yeah. Um, so Villanova's in a little bit of trouble. Keep that in mind when you're filling out your big tournament okay. bracket. They're they're banged up. They're probably still going to be on that, I would guess, three seed in the big dance, but losing losing their point guard is big. I mean, that's a kid that's played in a couple national title games and has done a lot of good things for them, so that's going to be tough to overcome. So skipping ahead to bracketology, you've got nine Big Ten teams right now making the tournament, and uh, and the Big Ten has never had – Two number one seeds. Did I hear that correctly? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't I hear thought, that. I thought I heard that at one point, and they're they're projecting Michigan and that Illinois me. to both pull those down. Yeah, and then they've got and Lenardi right now has got Iowa or Iowa and Ohio State as two seeds. So you've got four of the top eight seeds in the in the dance as Big Ten teams. You know, and that's why I'm saying I if the Badgers snuck up to that six line, I I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. You got five teams out of the Big East. They are playing a lot of those conference tournaments. We were wondering about that, but I've been seeing a ton of college basketball on TV, um, you know, over the weekend and then mm-hmm. this week with a lot of these these final tournaments um, getting their automatic, uh, you know, tickets punched and stuff like that. So yeah, the big ones start tomorrow. ACC, yeah, Big East, right. Big Ten, yeah. all that we'll, stuff. We'll, you get the, the power ones. all the play in yeah. play in games, but. Uh, yeah, as you get to Thursday and into the weekend, there's going to be some good hoops yes, on. It's going absolutely. to be fun to watch. Um, what is this with our boy from Middleton, uh, from uh, from Wofford? Uh, so Storm Murphy, point guard from Middleton, and uh, yeah, he played at Wofford. Um, I guess he's in the transfer protocol, and I read that he is he's going to graduate at the end of the year. So, um, so he's a grad. Transfer. He's going to be a grad transfer. I think there's a better than 50% chance he ends up with the Badgers. Really? Um, it, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. They're losing two guards in Davison and Trice. They really don't, ha- and, and Trev Anderson, they really don't have any guards. Um, so he would walk in and probably start immediately. He's a good player. He's a good shooter. I'm not sure stylistically he fits perfectly because Wofford really gets up and down and and shoots a lot of threes. Storm likes to go. Yeah. We we we've seen we saw that in high school and I and I watched a couple of his games when he was with the Terriers. Dude has a motor. Yeah, he's an up-tempo player. Um so I'm not sure that fits, but I think all the other reasons and then the Badgers offering a million different grad programs. Right. I think that it makes a lot of sense that he might end up That'd there. Be cool. Now another kid I heard, a uh, local kid, uh, Marlon Ruffin, who mm-hmm. played at Sun Prairie a couple years ago, he's also in the transfer protocol. I don't think we'll see him in Madison. He's been to a couple different schools. Well, hasn't he went he? to a JUCO, and then okay. uh, I, I think he was on one of the North Dakotas. All right. Um, the Badgers initially wanted him to walk on out of high school, and he didn't do that. I'm not sure that they would be giving him a scholarship if he wanted to go there now. It would probably be another walk-on situation, and I don't know why he would want to do that. Um, but, you know, a couple, couple of kids that we saw in the Big 8 here in the last couple of years that are kind of floating around out there to That's keep cool. an eye on. I think Ruffin was either their leading or second-leading scorer this year, so he's, he's turned into a nice player. But okay. one thing I wanted to touch on, and I was talking to my dad about this, about the Badgers and Marquette, and even a little bit to Green Bay and Milwaukee. Um, where the hell are all the Wisconsin kids on these rosters? Nowhere. I look today. Marquette has one Wisconsin kid. 
He's a walk-on. He never plays. The Badgers have four, but two of them are walk-ons and never play. And the other two are, are Johnny Davis and Trev Anderson. And Trev Anderson is a eighth man. Green Bay and, and Milwaukee, they've got a few, but... So wouldn't you think that they'd be more prevalent as the D1 programs that get, like, the next pickings? Well, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Like, when Green Bay was making their runs in the early 90s when Dick Bennett and Mike Heideman were there, their best guys were Wisconsin guys. You had Tony Bennett, Eric Jackson, Berlowski, um, you know, the, the I think it was Dean Vanderplas. Like, those guys were all Wisconsin guys. All-state, first-team all-state Wisconsin guys. When Milwaukee was making their run, in the early 2000s, they were all the guys I played with. James Wright, Dan Weiss, Jason Frederick, Clay Tucker, um, Joe Tucker. Like These guys were Wisconsin kids that went to these schools, and all of a sudden they're winning games in the tournament. Look back at the Badgers. When they went to the Final Four in 2000, Mike Kelly, Andy Kowski, Roy Boone, Julian Schwartz, when they went to the Final Four a couple years ago, Decker, Koenig, Gasser. Whenever these teams, and then Marquette, Merritt, uh, Robert Jackson, Diener, Novak, they go to the Final Four. I don't understand this. It's not like there's a dearth of talent in Wisconsin. We've probably seen, I've seen more kids go D1 from Wisconsin in the last five years than ever before. For a lot of reasons, the talent is really good, and the exposure is much better than it used to be in Wisconsin you know, was never thought of as a basketball state. We were, you know, it's kind of the fat lineman state. That's kind of what that's kind of what Wisconsin yeah. is known for. But it's become a very, very good basketball state. And when I'm watching the state tournament the other day, and I see Tyrese Hunter, the star point guard for seeing St. Katz, is going to Iowa State, and then you've got this Parzich kid who's the star player for Tosa East. He's going to a college in Michigan. And, you know, there's a couple other kids that were playing that were going to some schools that weren't the, the four here. And it's like, why? What is, is there, are the high school coaches and the college coaches, is there, is there something not jiving there? Like, you know, Wojo's gotten, you know, he went and got Henry Ellenson. Okay, that's nice. You haven't got anybody worth a shit out of Wisconsin. I mean, Matthews, Blue, um, Dwight Bikes. Stone. Diamond, like, well, I'm just saying, the guys that went to Marquette, oh, they okay. were all like, mo- yeah. like, where are the kids out of the Milwaukee City? Why right. are they not going to Marquette or Wisconsin? Like, the Badgers haven't had a kid out of the city of Milwaukee since like uh, Ray Nixon. <laughs> oh my god! Like, and that was like 15 years yeah. ago. Like, yep. it's just bizarre to me that we're allowing all this talent to leave the state. And in the meantime, we're watching our two teams in Marquette and Wisconsin not really set the world on fire, right? I mean, you take out that eight-game run at the end of last year for the Badgers, the last three or four years have not been good. You know, the Badgers did get Kobe King, yes, and he left, and that was a mess. Right. And they did get Johnny Davis, and that's great. But there's a lot of other kids that we're missing on. You know, there's this Podazemski kid over in Milwaukee that got player of the year in the state. His final five don't include any of the Wisconsin schools. Where's Baldwin going? Baldwin, I... I don't think either one of the Wisconsin schools. I mean, maybe Milwaukee if he wants to play for his dad, but he can go anywhere he wants. Yep. So, you, I mean, you have a lot of these one and duns also that go to the programs where it seems like one and duns benefit them. Like, I don't know how Maryland benefited it didn't. Uh, Diamond Stone. It didn't. 
So I'm, you know, but you've got Hero and you've got Jalen Johnson. That's a whole separate mess. But you know, like well, all, all, all all these guys that want to jump to the NBA, that's a different class of player. So it was like, is Baldwin going to be in that class or some of these other guys? I mean, they're going to schools that that you usually have a four-year guy or a five-year guy if you redshirt. Well, and I don't have a problem with Hero going to Kentucky and J.P. Tokido going to North Carolina and Johnson going to Duke. Like, I get it, man. Those are those are the blue bloods. Those are the cream of the crop mm-hmm. and are synonymous with college basketball. It's these other guys. It's the Tyrese Hunters going to Iowa State. Matt Thomas goes to Iowa State. Um, you know, those are the kind of guys that – to see them leave and then go be really successful. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton out of Oshkosh North, neither one of these teams even recruited him. He goes to Iowa State for two years. He's a freaking lottery pick. <laughs> like, what the hell? Right. Six foot six point guard, best player in the state, won the state title his senior year, and he, Marquette, Wisconsin don't recruit him? What is that? I don't know. And spare me the, well, he could get in school. Bullshit. I'm not buying that. You're not fucking Harvard. That would be something, I and and I, w- I was thinking about this at some point today because we, you know, we have a couple of guests here and there on the podcast. I have Matt LaPay's info. I think that would be a very interesting question to ask him because I think he has kind of the pulse of the basketball community, not just in Madison, but I think he notices the trends that are around and he's close enough to the Wisconsin program and at least knowledgeable enough about the Marquette program to ask that question and actually get a decent answer about why some of these guys either aren't recruited or aren't wanting to stay in the state. As much as I am not a Badger fan, dude, seeing seeing Sam Decker in high school hitting that shot to win the state title and, and seeing Koenig come up and he was in the state tournament and he was very highly touted, and then seeing those guys in the Final Four, that's cool. You know, as a as a former Wisconsin uh, high school basketball player, it's cool to see guys that came up through the ranks go have success. I just want to see him have it here. Right. No, and I don't think that's out of the realm of... And you're not going to get everybody. I get that. But well, of course. There but are some guys that I, I just feel like are slipping through the fingers here. That haven't even been attempted. Mm-mm. So, no, that's 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 an interesting... All right, rant over. No, that's fine. No, I like it. Okay. Um... Man, we're getting late here. Yeah. Um, baseball, not much to hit. I don't know much how, how much you want to talk about. You know, I mean, spring ball. I think they're six and three. They beat the tar out of the Giants today. Um, what do you make of the Jackie Bradley Jr. This was this out of necessity because they knew the of the Kane situation because he was hurt and they, he probably would not get back to what he was before he sat out. Because right now it's looking like it's pretty brilliant. I, well, I I like the signing, first of all. Jackie Bradley Jr. is a good player. He's a gold glove center fielder. He's got some pop in his bat. He's won two World Series titles with the Red Sox. He's not going to be scared of the moment. Um, I think I think Kane's done. I think he's I think he's washed. Okay. I think he's washed. I'm not even sure he wants to play. He's got $35 million, though, in the next two years of his contract, and I'm also not sure he's going to walk away from it. Um, he's already got leg problems this mm-hmm. this this camp, which is which is bad. We, I mean, this is what happens to old guys. We just watched it the last five years of Braun. Play a day, miss a day. Play a day, miss a day. I think 
Um, Evasel Garcia has been having a monster spring. Obviously, Yelich is the stud. You bring in Jackie Bradley on a one plus one deal. He expects to play. I think Kane. I think we're going to see Kane be used a lot like Braun. I think it's going to be a couple times a week. Um, you, you hope you can get him. You know, if he's hot, you play him. But I think the days of Lorenzo Kane playing 130 plus games in center field are over. Okay. I, I just, you know, he he was really good in 18. He was not very good in 19. He looked old in the couple games he played last year, and now you're in year four of this deal, this five-year deal. And, you know, when they signed him three years ago, I kind of expected to see in year four and year five this is what was going to happen with him. So I think it's good insurance for the Brewers. Um, This is going to be a pitching and defense team. They got a ton of guys with, that can throw, and you've now added two. Another gold glove. Yeah, you added two big time defensive players in Wong and Bradley to your lineup. They can also swing the bat a little bit, but mainly those guys are defensive players. So, you know, might be a lot of three to one, four to two games, and I'm fine with that. I don't need nine to seven. Right. You know. So uh, okay, we'll see. I mean. The only note I found out of spring training, Bryce Terang, who's been the Brewers' top prospect for the last several years, hit a homer in his first at bat. It's good to see. Doesn't mean shit. I've seen a lot of guys have a lot of good springs and do nothing in the pros. Right. Um, I asked our buddy Joe that works at the Brewers a couple of weeks ago. I think he's still a couple years away. I think okay. he's only 19, 19 or 20. Um, and with RC and Urias there, there's no rush. And now with Wong as well, because mm-hmm. he's going to be a middle infield guy, but uh, just somebody to kind of keep your eye on. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, their first round pick last year, I think picked up his fourth hit. I mean, he's been he's been hitting the ball. They've really liked mm-hmm. that. Council mm-hmm. mentioned him, I think, today um, because Mitchell got another hit, and I mean, it looked pretty solid. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been, he, he, he's, he's been, he's been putting the bat on the ball. Um, I, again, not a guy you're going to see right out of the gate, I mean, obviously, but it's cool to see a guy in some spring training games get some good at bats and actually have some success against some major league guys. I did see Corey Ray drop a fly ball, uh, but, I mean, you got to cut him some slack because it's Arizona, and when he looks up, he's looking into the depths of hell because that sun in Arizona is murder. <laughs> All right, April 1st is the uh, is, is the opening day. They just passed uh, some legislation in Chicago um, that uh, apparently Wrigley and Guaranteed Rate Field are going to allow, what, 20%? Oh, are they? I think capacity for for the start of opening day. Cubs have also a home game on April first. White Sox home game isn't until April eighth. But so there's going to be fans in the stands in Chicago, which I mean, good for them. Uh, I'd rather have some. None of them will be there to watch the game. That's that's no, the, just what the Cub fans do. They don't go to watch. It's the just game. popular. Yeah, that's all. Um, boys, uh, girls, state tournaments were last week. I went to a game. It was probably the worst game to go to because it was a blowout. <laughs> but it but it was cool to see the WIAA without you know, really slobbing on them a little bit. It was nice to see them pull this off in the way that they did it because I went to the game at the lacrosse center and it was very well separated from the upper bowl of the fans on each side supporting their team and then the lower bowl, which had the players all spaced out and the coaches and the media tables and all that stuff and the camera people. They did a great job with it. Um, And I watched a lot of the TV coverage. I mean, it was the same for the girls as, as it was for the boys. You know, there, there were no incidents. They were able to pull it off, and I think a lot of people were relieved and happy that they were able to get through the season, albeit with some hiccups at various points, um, but it was kind of nice. 
Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought both boys and girls, and I'm certainly not one to blow any smoke up the WIAA's ass because I think generally they're a clown show. But, yeah, in this instance, they did a good job. Um, You know, the different sites didn't really, as a viewer, didn't really matter. You didn't didn't really notice it as much because at the end, the girls never play in in the coal anyway. And with the boys, they made those venues pretty good. Yeah. I thought the fans were great. I yes. think it was great to be able to have people there and have some student sections there. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, and, and some pretty good basketball, especially on the boys' side, man. Like, that Oshkosh-Lords Prairie School game where the kid hit the shot at the buzzer, I think I think Oshkosh was down, like, 26-6 to six at one point. They end up coming back and winning. Um, that was really cool to watch. Um, you know, the D1 games were, they were okay. Um, you know, I watched a little bit of the DeForest um, who they play Kimberly game, Kimberly, yeah. and then I watched uh, Kimberly get absolutely manhandled by Tulsa East. <laughs> I mean, once once the athleticism for Tulsa East showed up, it was kind of over for Kimberly. Yep. But um, all in all, it was fun to watch, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just happy for all the kids that you know they got to they got to finish out a season and, and crown a champ. Well, you've got you know now all of the all state accolades and the all conference accolades have been coming out for the last you know week or two. The the all state was released. Um, Yesterday, well, and, and, and to clarify, they the way they do this now, it's 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 part of the trophy for everybody culture that we live in. The All State that was released yesterday is the WBCA right. All State, so yes. that's Wisconsin the coaches association. The yes. AP will come out probably in a week or two, okay. um, and that's kind of really the the official. That's the All State that okay. most people care about, but. You know, it was cool to see some of the local kids. Yep. Brendan Weiss get got it. on there. Clayton Jenny got on there. Campion mm-hmm. was on there. There was a couple of Monroe kids um, as well. And I know, I think, I think the Gazette came out with. with they haven't little, got. They haven't come out the, with it yet. We know out, it, we, but we know. they haven't okay. released it yet. Um, they're all they're boys all area, but um, inevitably there's complaining. I've already seen um, Jalen Johnson's younger brother Kobe, who's going to USC next year. He was on Twitter whining that he didn't win Player of the Year of his league because his team wasn't good enough. That's not his fault. Um, well, maybe it was actually because you're the point guard. Um, when there's stuff that there's going to be, there's going to be yep. some people locally that are going to be not happy when the Gazette All Area comes out. Well, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe some different choices should have been made. But you know, it's not. It's not a. It, not it, from, it, not by the Gazette. I'm no. saying of the of of the players and how they choose to play their games with their teammates. It's not a it, it's not a an accolade that is given out solely on statistics. No. It goes into everything. Which and is what I think Mr. Mr. Johnson was saying. Yes. Like, oh, he, I, I did he, this, I this, had the best this. numbers. Right. Why? And I'm the most talented guy and it's like, yeah, but this kid had a really good year and he was the best guy on a really good team and he helped his team. You know, it's kind of yeah. it's it's similar to like the MVP in basketball with Giannis last year. He's not the best player in the league, but he was the best guy on the best team, and he and he had a great year. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be anxious to talk to uh, Baron Schmolt and see what kind of emails <laughs> they get. It's always fun. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, a lot of these all area teams, and I, I you know, I I had forgotten about the fact that the that the Gazette does one, but you know, you get these pockets of the all state, you know, journal or the all journal Sentinel or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's yep, like yep. everybody wants to hand out an award. And I. I but I'm, cool I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all yep. the uh, that with the all area stuff. I just wish that all state was a little more mainstream. Where sure. it was like, if you say you're all state, this is it. Yep. This is the top 
60 kids or whatever but it ends ev- up being. Everybody needs a different list for uh, for different stuff. To, and, and But, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's good for the kids. So that's fine. Yeah. All right. We got anything else? I'm good. All that right. was a long one. Yeah, so I don't know how we do this. I don't know. I keep making shorter and shorter rundowns and we keep going longer. <laughs> Get out. Get out of my house. That is the intentional foul for this week. Um, I would assume things will happen, so we'll be back God next week. And I just lost a Tim Duncan card on eBay. Is that, is that what you've been checking over there? Yeah. All right. Oh, and uh, apparently we uh, I've been hearing from our man, uh, Lauren Cox, um, who's going to be calling some high school football this spring. Um, for uh, 105.9 The Hog, um, him and Russell Leary are going to be calling uh, Milton Redhawks games. Coach Wedding is going to have them pretty good. Obviously, there's no tournament at the end or, or playoffs or anything, but uh, I'm kind of curious. He told me that they are voting right now as we are doing this podcast on the athletic track. Oh, okay. so So we'll know that tomorrow. And I will be um, remiss if I say that we don't need to have Lauren back on for the draft. So... He was very good the last time okay. he was on. Yeah. I want to talk some bears with him. We'll have to have him back. Okay. Yeah. That is this week's episode. Thank you for downloading, listening, subscribing. Please do. And as always, tell your friends. Um, until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you then. Go Bucks.